let's just start. I talked about the beach and the pool two weeks ago. <clears throat> Last week, uh, Dr. Milton Gay spoke and, and started our series leading forward. But two weeks ago, I was in Destin, Florida. How many of you have been to Destin, Florida? Wonderful place, beautiful beaches, uh, beautiful pool. And so we had spent a whole week in Destin, Florida. And last Sunday was the day that all, well, most of the family was getting ready to take off and head, head back home. So Saturday night, I was having a little argument with myself. Saturday night, we'd spent time at the pool at the beach all week, and I knew that Sunday morning, we were planning to leave at about 11 o'clock to try to get to Nashville and stop for the evening. And so I knew that we were going to be leaving the next morning, and I had this debate going on in my mind Saturday night, and the debate was this, should I get up and go to church tomorrow morning? I have that debate in my head too sometimes. I know you guys have that debate in your head. And I was laying there Saturday night, and listen, we, we have our service online, and, and that's great, but here's the thing, for me, it's hard to watch our service and not critique everything. It's hard for me to really be able to, you know, participate, and so for me, it's really important for me to be able to go and worship somewhere, but I knew we were going to be leaving and heading back home, and so I had this, this argument in my mind. Should I get up? Should I go to church in the morning, or should I make sure and get packed and do everything I need to do? And, and if I'm being really honest with you, I went to sleep Saturday night undecided on what I was going to do Sunday morning. Well, guess what happened? I woke up nice and early in the morning. How many of you know that I'm not a morning person? I don't love being up in the morning. And I woke up extra early on vacation and I'm laying there in bed and it became abundantly clear to me that I was up for a reason and that there was somewhere that I should be and that was worshiping God at a church. And so I got up, I didn't hear God's voice, I didn't, nothing, there was no nudge, but I knew that that's what God wanted me to do, and so I got up, and I got ready, and I went out, and I said, hey, anyone want to go to church? And it sounded a little bit like that. <laughs> Anybody want to go to church with me? We're on vacation. Why would we get up and go to church? I said, all right, fine. And I went to church, and, and man... Best choice I made all of vacation. Best choice. Best choice of all vacation. Getting up Sunday morning, going to church. I went to a church I've been to a couple times. It's not my favorite church in the world. They do things a little differently than I would do them maybe, but guess what? God was there. And I had an experience of worship that was incredible because I was faithful to get up and go to church. I'm not bragging, in fact, I'm telling on myself that I had a struggle of whether to go to church or not. And it was a great decision. Listen, we're, we're in our series, Leading Forward. Leading Forward is all about our vision. Our vision is upward, outward, forward. Upward that every person that walks through the doors of our church will grow closer to Jesus, grow, grow in their faith. Outward that we are gonna serve our community and we're gonna share Christ with others. We're gonna take it out of the church. And then forward being that we're gonna invest in the future of the church. We have a great past. This church has a wonderful past. But I gotta tell you, we got a great future. Look at this. We got... We got a good future sitting over here. We've got a bunch of kids in the back. And it, 
We've had interns all summer, and I got to tell you, some people can be pessimistic about the future of the church. I believe that God's kingdom will not fail. And I believe there are great days ahead for our church. God is good. God is moving. And so we are talking about leading forward. Our church has always been committed to investing in future generations. In fact, the vision before Upward, Outward, Forward was passing our passion to every generation, that we're gonna invest in every generation. And so today we're talking about leading forward. What does it look like for us to lead and invest in the next generation? Through this series, we're gonna be looking through the Gospel of Mark and we're gonna be looking at the way Jesus led his disciples and us for that matter. And so today we're going to start in Mark chapter 1, verse 35 to 36. I'm going to have you stand with me. This isn't a long scripture, but we're going to stand in honor of God's word. And I pray today, before we read this, before I read this and you follow along the screen, this is my prayer, that God will speak to you through his word. It's not about what I can say or what I can do, but that God will speak to you. So let's, let's look at God's word together. Verse 35, very early in the morning... While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Hey, everyone is looking for you. Hey, what are you doing? Everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. You can have a seat. So this is something that if you read through the Gospels, if you read through the New Testament, you're going to see stories in the Gospels like this over and over again where Jesus takes time to step away from what's going on and to spend time in prayer. Jesus has just been through, we're going to talk about it in a minute, Jesus has just been through a big day, and he takes time, it says he got up before sunlight while it was still dark, and snuck away to spend time in prayer, to spend time with his father. I, I love this story, the disciples, I mean, they've had, a, we're going to see it in just a second, a really productive day of ministry, good things have happened, and everyone wants more of Jesus, and so the disciples come running after him, and here he is, he's come to a separate place to pray in a solitary place, and the disciples come, and it says they exclaimed, what are you doing? Everyone's looking for you, and Jesus, after his time of prayer, says, hey, we're going to keep on our mission. So let's, let's look at what we can learn about leading forward from Jesus' example right here. A simple passage. Let's look at what we learned for it. The first thing I want you to learn is this, that the most important part of Jesus' ministry was the time he spent with his father. The most important part, hear that again, the most important part of Jesus' ministry was his connection with his heavenly father. This is super important for us because sometimes we miss this as a church. Sometimes we miss that the most important thing is the connection with the father. Jesus constantly snuck away to spend time in prayer connecting with his heavenly father. Jesus said several times in the Gospels, I have come to do the will 
of my Father. It's not my will, but the will of the Father. And so Jesus is constantly spending time in prayer, constantly connecting, and this is more important than you know, his power more important than the cool things he did, more important than the great sermons that he preached were his connection to his father. That was the source of all of it. So number one, the most important thing is the connection to the father. So in order to understand this, let's get, let's get the context. Jesus had had a pretty busy day. How many of you guys, as Caitlin was talking about the interns and all the things, you were talking super fast because you had so much to get into this, what's happened this summer. How many of you felt a little bit stressed out by all the things that the interns did? <laughs> like two, thank you, Jaden. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Nina. If the reason you guys aren't raising your hands is because you've never gone to church camp, maybe, as a counselor, or you've never, maybe you've never helped at VBS. Either of those by themselves is stressful. But the inter we've had this crazy summer. I'll be honest with you, these last two weeks have been wild for me. Like, I, have, I'm, I don't think I've had a solid hour to sit down at my desk in the last two weeks, because it's just one thing after another, meetings, things to do. It's just been a busy summer. That's the context that Jesus, this story happens in, in Mark chapter 1. This, this morning of prayer follows a crazy busy day. So let's pull up what happened in this busy day and let's, let's work through it. First off, the day started by Jesus teaching in the synagogue. In verse 21, it says, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach, and the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. So, so Jesus spends the day, starts the day by teaching in the synagogue. How many of you have ever taught anything? Any ever talked in front of people? Anyone? It's exhausting. I don't know how like pastors did it 30 years ago where they talked Sunday morning and then they talked again Sunday night and then they talked again Wednesday night. Like by the end of Sunday morning, I am just about done. <laughs> they were supermen. We got some supermen that attend here that pastored for a long time. Jesus was teaching. Megan comes home every day from teaching school and she's exhausted because teaching is tiring. So Jesus has expended energy teaching in the synagogue. People are blown away. Wow, he's so great. Well, then all of a sudden, Jesus has to cast out an impure spirit. It says in verse 23, just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. So Jesus starts with the exhausting task, task of teaching and immediately following that, he has to cast out an impure spirit. Now, I've never done that. I've, I've maybe seen a couple of movies, but I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that casting out an impure spirit is some major spiritual warfare, and I'm gonna guess that that just took a little bit of energy and a little bit of power, and Jesus is just keeps on going. The next thing we see, Jesus goes to, to one of the disciples' house. It, it says in, uh, in verse 29, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went to, with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. 
great, he's gonna go relax. But Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up and the fever left her and she began to wait on them. So he starts with teaching, then he's driving out a spirit and then he goes to relax, but there's the mother-in-law is sick and so he heals the mother-in-law. Now my favorite part of the story, what happens when he heals the mother-in-law? She gets up and starts waiting on him. Any of you have a mother-in-law that just is the best, like, waits on you and helps you? I got a great mother-in-law. Like, I have a feeling if she had a fever and then was healed, like, she'd be up saying, hey, what do you need? Can I help you out? That, I love this part of the story, and I, I'm going to border on maybe, maybe getting myself in trouble here. But I'm just wondering if the guys are like, hey, could you help her out? You know, we need someone to, you know, wait on us. <laughs> No, it's not that. All right, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Um, but, but Jesus heals her. So, so he's teaching, and then he casts out an impure spirit. Then he has to heal. And, and then in verse 32, listen to this. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. Listen to this. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but would not let them speak because they knew who he was. So are you getting the picture? Jesus had a little bit of a day. Any of you ever had a day like that? No, you haven't. <laughs> That's a pretty busy day. As busy as my last few weeks have been, that's a lot busier. And Jesus taught and cast out a spirit and healed. And then to cap it off, the whole town shows up at his door and says, hey, let's just keep going. How does Jesus respond? How does Jesus respond to the busy day? He gets up first thing in the morning and he goes out and he prays. If you had a day like that, what would you do? What would you need? Let me ask you that. What would you need after that day? Sleep, maybe some Advil, lots of, coffee. lots of coffee. Yeah, I mean, like in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, Jesus, you did a great job. You had a great day. You healed all these people. Like, take it easy, man. Just kick back, sleep in a little bit, you know? No, no, Jesus, first thing, before the sun came up, Jesus left and spent time in a solitary place praying. What a great example. After an exhausting day, Jesus' first priority was prayer and his connection with his heavenly father. See, Jesus knew something. Jesus knew that what he needed more than some sleep and some Advil, if it even existed, which it didn't, Jesus knew that what he needed more than that was to recharge his battery by connecting with his heavenly father. That was number one, his first priority. We need to learn from this. Because see, here's the deal. Way too often we let our schedule drive our time with the Father. Way too often we as Christians let our busyness pull us away from our relationship with the Father. Jesus teaches us that busyness should drive us to prayer, not away from it. The more busy you are, the more stuff you have on your plate, the more you need to pray, the more you need to be connected to the Father. Jesus put his relationship with the Father first. So 
can we just get a little bit uncomfortable for a minute? Listen, first off, my, it's a great privilege to preach. And I hope you know that I would never say anything intentionally to be hurtful or to step on your toes. But I believe I need to say some things about the church and about the followers of Christ these days. I'm afraid we have minimized the importance of our relationship with the Father. I'm afraid far too often our first priority is not to be in right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we let our schedule, we let our kids' schedules, we let our desires get in the way of our relationship with God. That's not how it's meant to be. Jesus shows us right there in Mark chapter 1 that the most important thing after a busy day is to get away and spend time and recharge his batteries, not with Tylenol and sleep, but with his heavenly Father. Listen, please, please hear me. I love all of you. Don't miss out on the most important thing. We cannot lead forward we cannot lead others to Christ if Christ is not number one in our lives. And if Christ is number one in our lives, then it should be a priority with our time, with our energy, with our finances, with our whole lives. He should be first. Put God first. See, we, if Jesus' first priority was worship and prayer, guess what? Ours should be too. If Jesus, fully God, fully man, if Jesus, the Son of God, needed to get away to pray, guess what? I do too. If Jesus needed to prioritize his relationship with his Father, guess what? We do too. Jesus is leading forward by putting his relationship with his Father first. See, we, we like to come up with reasons and excuses I got to take care of these. I got, I got to mow the lawn today. I got, I've got other stuff going on later. I just don't have time. Well, I've already been at, this was my college excuse. Here, here it is. I'll tell on myself, just so you know, I'm stepping on my own toes. My college excuse. Hey, I've already been at chapel twice this week. Why should I get up on Sunday morning? Hey, I've already served at the, it was serve week last week. Like we, we served a bunch. Why do we need to get up? I mean, that's the wrong way to look at it. We get to get up and worship and connect to our Heavenly Father. Well, I just need rest. I'm too tired. I mean, we got to leave for vacation. We got to pack the car. There's a lot that has to happen. I just, I don't know if I can do it. I got a long drive. I got a long drive. I need to rest. And we come up with all these reasons. You know what happened? Something crazy happened when I went to church two weeks ago at this other church. You know, what, you know what the crazy thing that happened was? God was there. And you know what God spoke to me? 
And I had an experience, not audibly, I didn't hear God's voice, but I had a very real experience encounter with my heavenly father and he spoke to me. And you know what he said? This is, this is exactly what one of the thing, one of the many things that he said to me was this, while we come up with reasons and excuses that we shouldn't go to church, there are far more reasons that we should. Nothing should keep us from worshiping our heavenly father. Oh, I've had a great week at the beach. Good. Praise God for it. Worship him for creating such a wonderful place. Oh, you know, I got a long drive. Well, maybe, maybe you should pray about that. Well, I'm going to be with my kids all day. Going to need a little bit of patience, aren't you? Probably need to prioritize your relationship with God so that you can be in the car with your kids and handle it right. I've had a stressful week. Even more reason to pray and worship. I'm tired. You know when you're tired, that's your most vulnerable spot? Go worship. No matter how many excuses you can come up with for why you shouldn't worship God on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, any day, there are so many more reasons why we should connect with our heavenly father. So here's the deal. First thing, we're only through the first point. We got eight minutes left. If we're going to lead forward, it starts by putting God first in our lives. If we don't put God first, we can't lead others to Jesus. We will we'll mess it up big time. The second thing we see from Jesus and mostly I've, I've kind of been talking about Sunday morning a lot. And maybe you think I'm just talking about Sunday morning. But the second thing we learn from Jesus is that worship and prayer are more than just a Sabbath exercise. See, Jesus, the day before, did the Sabbath thing. He went to the synagogue. He did, he did the Sunday morning experience thing, worshiping together. But that wasn't it. See, worship is much more than just what we do when we come together. Worship is a daily exercise. We need to spend time with our Heavenly Father every single day. I don't want you to think that this is all just about Sunday morning. It's not. The truth is you can come to church every Sunday morning. You can have perfect attendance and you can still be spiritually empty if you're not in an authentic daily relationship with your Savior. You can come to church every week. It happens all the time. And you can be empty because worship is a daily thing, not just a Sabbath thing. Now listen, it, this is important. I, I, please don't hear me say you don't have to come to church Sunday. This is important. The Bible tells us that the body of Christ is supposed to come together and worship. We are supposed to gather corporately. But this is just a part of our worship. Every single day, we need to make time to spend with our Heavenly Father in prayer and worship. Did you know that you can sing worship songs at home? Especially when people go to bed, that's the best time. Did you know you can pray at home? You did, didn't you? In the car, you can pray in the car. Just don't close your eyes. Be careful <laughs> if you're driving. It's, it's not a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. Hey, well, football's about to start in two weeks. I love football. You guys know that football is not just a Sunday thing, right? 
They practice every day so that when they take the field on Sunday, it works out the way they want it to work out. If they just showed up and played football, it would be pretty ugly. But because they're practicing every day, the game is that much better. Listen, worship is not a Sunday thing, it's an everyday thing. And when we come together, when we're all worshiping Monday through Saturday, our Sundays are just gonna be incredible. I heard this really good quote this week by this, this major theologian. Her name is Pastor Deb Crabtree, Dr. Deb Crabtree. <laughs> and she said, we can't worship corporately together until we have worshiped privately. We can't on Sunday morning come together and fake it if we're not each individually worshiping God through the week. That's why we call her doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, Jesus knew that in order to faithfully follow the Father, he needed daily connection and worship. And the same is true for us. If you're not worshiping God every single day, you know what's gonna happen? One of two things gonna happen. Number one, we will show up and this gathering will be an empty ritual. If you're not worshiping through the week, more than likely when you come together with the body of Christ, you're probably not truly worshiping, engaged in worship. So either we're gonna have empty, uh, can I just be honest with you sometimes as a pastor? I look around and I think, hey, what are we doing here? This is the almighty God, the creator God, the God that's been faithful, the God that parted the Red Sea, the God that gives us life, the God that's been faithful every step of the way. And we come in here, no emotion. I'm not opening up myself. I'm just here. No. This is God, we are here to worship. We're here to experience the Holy Spirit moving. And that'll only happen when we're worshiping every single day. The second thing that can happen, the first thing is empty worship. The second thing is that our Monday through Saturday won't match our Sunday. We may be able to come fake it in here, but if we're not daily worshiping, we're gonna struggle when we interact with people. People are tough, you know that, right? People are difficult. <laughs> Life is difficult. If you're not worshiping every day, your heart isn't gonna be ready. So, so first off, leading forward means putting God first, but second, leading forward means a daily authentic relationship with our Heavenly Father, prayer. Worship. The last part of this text is something that I, I maybe have missed quite a bit in the past. So we've got Jesus sneaking away and praying, and then we've got the disciples running after him, and they say, hey, 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 everyone's looking for you. And if it was us, and we had had this great day and healed a lot of people, and the people are wanting more, they just want more of Jesus. And so the disciples are saying, hey, don't you get it? We need you back here. And I think what happens next is pretty important. Jesus says, no. We need to go on, and we need to keep preaching, and we need to keep spreading the gospel, because here's the deal. Jesus had a mission. Jesus had purpose. And I have a feeling, see, see for us, when we have a little bit of success or something good happens, and people are asking for more, 
It's really easy for us to give into that and lose our mission and our purpose. But because Jesus was connected with his heavenly father, he knew exactly what needed to happen next in his mission and his plan. See, the third thing we learn from Jesus is that worship and prayer determine our direction. Our connection with our heavenly father determines how we lead forward. There's too many people that are trying to lead out of their own power, out of their own ideas, out of their own, there, there are pastors, there are ministries, there are teachers, there are churches, there are all these different places. And, and it's so easy to get off track when we think it's about us and what we want to do and how we want to do it and how we can be successful. And, and we miss the connection with the Father that leads us and determines our direction. Put God first. Spend time daily because the Spirit will guide you on where to go and how to lead and how to love. We have to take our marching orders from our Heavenly Father, not from the business world. There's some great business leadership. I love it. It's great. It can help us be a little bit better. But if our marching orders are coming from the business world, we're missing it. Our marching orders come from our Heavenly Father. And so Jesus knew his direction because he spent time with his heavenly father. So number one, number one, put God first. Number two, spend time daily, daily in worship and prayer. Number three, let the father give you direction. Let the father help you lead. The most important thing we can do for future generations is to show them an authentic and committed relationship with Jesus Christ. So two Sundays ago, I got up and I went out and I said, hey, does anyone wanna to go to church with me? And that was the response, crickets. I said, are you guys sure? I mean, we get to go to church? Nah, got better things to do. And, and so I got up and I went to church and I got to this church and I'm standing there worshiping. And, and just for a moment, there was a little bit of sadness because I thought, man, I, this was the first time in Destin on vacation that I've gone to a church service by myself. And I thought, oh, I wish my family was here with me. Dad flew out first thing in the morning or he would have been there with me, but I thought, oh, I wish dad was here. I wish everyone was here. And God spoke to me again. And it hit me. My dad for 20 plus years, every Sunday morning attested, got up and went to church. Every Sunday morning, he didn't let busyness keep him from it. He didn't let other priorities. Every Sunday morning, he got up and he went to church because God came first. And you know what? For probably 10 or more years, he walked out of that very same living room and said, hey, anyone want to go to church? And my response was crickets. For years, I didn't see that value. 
But year after year, my dad faithfully put God first and said, I don't care if I'm on vacation. I don't care what's going on. I'm getting up and going to church because God comes first. And here I'm sitting here worshiping by myself and all of a sudden I realize that the reason I'm here is because my dad led forward. My dad put God first and it taught me, it taught me. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I wish my kids were here. And all of a sudden I thought, you know what? They may not be coming now, but one day I hope they've seen in my life that God comes first. And one day maybe I won't be able to go. Maybe one day I'll have to fly out early and I pray I pray that my family, I pray that our teens, I pray that our kids have seen us put God first and lead them forward. That's what we're called to do. And listen, it's not about just setting an example, it's what we need. It's who we're called to be. If we're gonna lead forward, it starts by putting God first by spending daily time, listen, it's not just about Sunday, your kids need to hear you pray. The next generation needs to see us pray. Maybe, maybe you don't have kids or grandkids. The next generation needs to see you pray. The next generation needs to see that we value our relationship with our Heavenly Father. So here's what we're gonna do. The worship team's gonna come up. And I wanna invite you to respond today and we're gonna do something kinda of cool. Our kids are gonna come in. I think they're outside. Kids, you can come on in. I see you out there, come on in kids. And I'm gonna have our kids and I want our teens to stand up and I want them to just fill in the areas all around. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to put God first today. See, it's back to school Sunday. This week, a lot of students are going back to school. It's almost like the, the new year, but it's the new school year. And so the kids are gonna come in and I want us to put God first by going to him in prayer, by starting this school year off, by prioritizing our relationship with God. So here's what I want you to do. Kids spread out, teens spread out. Go ahead, fill in, it's okay. Don't be afraid. No one's gonna hurt you. No one's gonna bite you. Come on in. All right, if you've got kids in here, I want you to start this by getting up. If you've got grandkids, I want you to start this by getting up and coming and surrounding them. And listen, if you don't have kids or grandkids, you can go pray with someone. You can come pray in an altar, but here's the deal. My prayer today is not that you would hear God's word and walk away untouched. Today we are called to worship. So I want us to set the example. I want us to put him first. Maybe you wanna gather around a family, pray for him. Maybe you just wanna come kneel at an altar. Maybe you wanna kneel at your seat. But I wanna ask you today to experience the Father. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you that you're here and we thank you for these kids. We thank you for our teens, for our young adults. And Lord, as we start this school year, I just pray I pray that you would be first. I pray for our families that you would be first. I pray for our church that our young people would see that we care about our relationship with you more than anything else. And I pray that we would lead them forward. So we pray your blessing over this year. 
We pray that you would be everything to us in Jesus' name.